0: Welcome to the Von Nelson podcast. Today with me is CEO and CIO Chris Walsh. Welcome, Chris.
1: Hello, Dan. Good to be here. Well, thanks Chris. Glad to glad to have you back.
0: Glad you made it through last week. Um and wanted to pick up as we've been taking a couple weeks off since we uh reviewed jobless and this week's jobless claims, they showed a marked improvement. They're down about 10% and we saw continuing claims, they fell nearly by 500,000. So, um Catching up on on where we stay with change with jobs. Do you think this is uh, just some some noise from the holiday season? You
1: know, I, I think it's it's also a little bit of a fundamental improvement. We definitely have a lot of seasonal factors that kind of impact the numbers around December and January, but we're getting far enough away from that that this trend is probably more reflective of the underlying conditions, um, and it's pretty consistent. Uh, with with what our expectations would be, which is, look, the economy, certainly on the industrial side, is still really strong, and we're seeing the services sector continue to improve even at a much slower rate. So I'm hopeful um, that this is a sign of of real improvement, and I would expect this improvement to continue. And certainly that will be the case as we accelerate the rollout of the vaccine, and get more stimulus checks out to households but you know that again, we may not see that level of improvement for another couple of months
0: right and and so um i would be remiss though if we didn't swing back a little bit toward last week and we focused the, the bulk of our conversation on what was taking place in a lot of these short squeeze names and it, it seems as though the markets have calmed down a little bit from last week's degrossing and the ongoing short squeeze um, we've seen a real reversal in, in a number of names. You know, do you think that that oil, that volatility, is behind us? Um, and then the follow-up question to that is: you know, Do you see any longer-term ramifications that took place from uh, from the events over the last you know, seven, eight trading days?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe as it relates to these specific securities, that volatility is behind us because you know it'll be a idiosyncratic event around. Uh, the pressure put on these over levered hedge funds that said it's it's a symptom um, more than a single event and I think Goldman reported today that you know when you look at single stock uh, option volume it's 120 percent versus the underlying shares themselves so we still have this kind of Frankenstein situation where the options market is driving and has been driving the equity market. And everybody was comfortable with that when they, it was employed in the, the summer and fall of last year, 2020, when it boosted uh, tech prices much higher. Um, there's concern now because the the elements and the powers that control Wall Street want to be able to kind of dictate what that option activity Uh, benefits who it benefits and how they can make money on it and it was weaponized against them Um, so when i see yellen kind of circle the wagon with other regulators i think there's two things to take away from that one the average guy on the street's figuring out where the where and how the game is rigged and that can have ramifications two wall street And its co-opted regulators are trying to figure out how they can fight back. So I would expect some rule changes um, over the short to intermediate term. And I would expect even longer term changes as the battle between, uh, you know, Wall Street and Main Street continues. Um, And then at the same time, we can start sending out checks that we're going to kind of reload the guns for some of these uh, retail investors via the options market. And as long as we remain in this speculative environment, you know, it doesn't mean there won't be other volatility elsewhere. But I think the overriding thing to take away from this, and especially Yellen's commentary, and, you know, she's still trying to get her sea legs as a Treasury Secretary. She talked about the concern of volatility and, the market is complacent and that it assumes that the fed can support asset prices uh and maintain this upward trajectory and control over markets and you know the reality is they can't right just via exhaustion or my suspicion is it will come about via uncontrolled volatility meaning the fed's actions themselves and the way we're employing fiscal and monetary policy is what's leading to the volatility, and a rise in volatility can have a, a fairly significant impact on the market environment and the market structure. Um, and we're already destined for higher volatility anyway, just with the increase in passive passive funds and you know kind of flows driving uh, movements more so than fundamental So I, I think this is you know, this is the, the first event we've seen in the long chain of events. And you're going to hear more and more over time about the treasury and the fed targeting volatility, maybe more so than, than interest rates or inflation. And I, I think
0: that's right. And you, 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 together, you know, a speculative environment, you spin together some stimulus, some under or, or unemployment. And uh, I think you're right on. It's, uh, it certainly sounds like the first in a long chain of events here. Um, you know, shifting gears a little bit. You know, you mentioned we're set up for higher vol. Well, we're we're well underway um, with uh, quarterly earnings here. Um, any key takeaways that you picked up over the last uh, last few days with earnings?
1: Yeah, you know, so far earnings are as we expected, and and what I mean by that is still in the strong recovery mode, uh, sequentially and 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 uh, even on a year over year basis. In, in some cases, margins coming out much better than uh, general consensus would have assumed. At the same time, there's real challenges. You know, we've talked about the supply disruptions. We're seeing auto plants slow down production. Um, you know, That's starting to play out as well, uh, which is good. I mean, it, what it implies is we really are gonna have to invest and spend and expand capacity and get more people to work and spend more CapEx to either reopen plants or start building additional capacity. Um, But by and large, uh, you know, I wouldn't, no surprises, uh, and any surprises have been more towards the positive side. And yet when we look at a lot of management teams, they're still being, I think, very conservative on earnings estimates in, you know, the next sequential quarter. Um, We'll have to see as we get into the back half of the year. It's way too early to gauge that. Uh, but again, the market's already discounted a lot. So it, the back half of the year and that trajectory and then how we flow into 2022 is really going to be important for the returns this year, just given the, the, the ramp in, in market prices in the fourth quarter and then and then also in the year-to-date period.
0: And you think some of that could be, you know, we've talked about before, just like a pull through from the pandemic and a pull forward of 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 earnings and revenue growth and you'll start to see a potential slowdown as a result or you know, where, where do you think that could you know where, yeah, where, what are our sure. options here
1: yeah no for sure I mean there's just an inevitability this is this is a cyclical restart to the economy and once we reach that plateau from a rate of change standpoint things are going to start slowing down um, and you can't underestimate the importance of the stock market's appreciation, because by and large, that's actually, you know, where wealth is being created right now, right? It's it's why we're seeing uh, so many SPACs come to market. It, it's why we see so much volume in the options market. Um, you know, we've created a, a, an environment and it's more casino-like and video game-like than ever before. And, you know, uh, inevitably if that's where wealth is is being driven then it also means um you know that's where spending's coming from so as the market levels off and those gains aren't there deficits will widen you know wealth quote wealth creation uh, certainly put that in air quotes because that's certainly not what's happening in the in the stock market right now that that part of personal income will dissipate and that will also have Uh, a a downside effect from a cyclical standpoint. Yeah.
0: Uh, And and touching on cyclicals, you know, we've seen cyclicals, we've seen high beta stocks. They they continue to perform incredibly well. Um, You mentioned SPACs. They're becoming um, more and more common. You know, we're seeing signs of of increased speculation. Stocks are moving higher on on things like innocuous tweets or news, right? And and that was already out in the market. Um, you, You touch on, you know, the markets where wealth is being driven. So as you look out at valuations um, or, you know, the relationship between commodities and financial assets, it, it, it is hard to look at it and, and not, uh, you know, view this as anything other than, you know, maybe we're at all-time peaks now. And so I guess, you know, the, the question here is, you know, if, if we are in a bubble um, or, or I guess, you know, are we in a bubble and then how, you know, how should investors think about this current environment?
1: Yeah. So for sure, look, this is an incredibly speculative environment, Um and, and from a valuation standpoint, we have been in a bubble for several years just from the simple fact that we've suppressed the risk free rate and that by default eliminates price discovery across various asset classes. So, you know, price discovery uh, has really been just driven by liquidity and flows and animal spirits and speculation, more so than underlying fundamentals. Um, And there are parts of the market that are incredibly, you know, bubblicious. We certainly see that in the clean energy space. And those are just fund flows driven. There's very few companies that that qualify um, in those funds and there's limited holdings. And yet, you know, as the price moves higher, it attracts more capital, and and people feel uh, good about investing in this space and providing capital to that space and to encourage uh, additional uh, behavior in the future with other companies. And there's no question from a uh, just a a speculative standpoint, that's driving a lot of securities. Um, You know, we have the SPAC phenomenon, which historically you know, SPACs were certainly an indication of excessive uh, speculative activity in the market. That's still the case today. It's a little different in the sense that it is easier for companies to come public. Some of these companies are very legitimate. And there's a nice arbitrage, too, in taking a a company that's private, uh, becoming public via SPAC. And, you know, once you formed, and because there's a lot of money flowing into e- e- ETFs and indices and there's whole market ETFs and indices, you have automatic buyers that didn't exist in decades past. And so, you know, they're feeding that machine. And as long as that arbitrage is there, they're going to create product to sell to it. So Wall Street is very good about satisfying investors' needs. Investors are just – not very good at understanding what the medium to longer term needs are, but they're willing to chase that shiny object if, if the prices are appreciating. And as you noted, from a pure valuation standpoint, you know, we're at peaks and we're at we have very speculative activity across um the US markets and risk assets. And narratives you know seem to drive price on any given day. That would certainly indicate time to start being very cautious. The only caveat is even though we're at all record highs on valuations, all the speculative fever is there. Um, you know, bubbles, you can make a lot of money in them. Um, bubbles break for two reasons either exhaustion, meaning you've just flat, you know, run out of uh, buyers for a particular asset class or theme or narrative or they burst because the, the punch bowl's taken away. The liquidity is removed from the markets. And we certainly saw that in 2000 where Fed was removing liquidity. The private sector took away the liquidity uh, in the 07 and leading into the 08-09 crisis. You know, the provider of the liquidity right now is quantitative easing, and it's fiscal stimulus and checks to, to families and households. And, you know, our, our central government isn't going to stop that. If anything, it's going to increase. Now, it may be they change the rules of the game um, and they start taxing wealth or they make other structural changes um, or we reach points of exhaustion in some of these things. And maybe people just flat go back to work and aren't working from home and they just don't have the opportunity to day trade as much. Um, but we, I wouldn't say while we're seeing all the indications of a bubble and maybe the the beginning of a speculative blow-off, I haven't seen any reason for it to slow down yet. Uh, it would certainly be healthier if it did, um, but we haven't reached even the extremes we saw in 2000. We're, we're about to break into those areas. So I think investors in an environment like this need to be very cognizant everybody feels like a genius right now because everybody's stock picks are working um and you just got to understand we're, we're not all that smart um and there's, uh you know real uh, risks that are building and be fully aware that hey don't don't go to cash don't come too conservative because we we can, you know for, start forgiving student debt and mailing out checks and we can drive this much much higher uh, but just be aware of where we are just understand that it's not a free ride um, and over time as it if it does continue to build you know don't buy into the narrative try to become a little more cynical start try to start focusing on more facts and then be very cognizant that you know all, all good things do come to an end it just may not be uh, in the very near term
0: well, I think that's, that's a good place to stop here, and, and uh, I think that's a good takeaway. is Focus on the facts. Focus so what you can control, and, you know, if you end up catching more stimulus, if you see a debt jubilee, um, you know, who knows where this thing continues to rocket toward. But um, we'll keep you in mind, and we'll bring you back here shortly um, and catch up on, uh, on the week's happening. So thank you very much, Chris, and we will talk soon. You bet. Thank you, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast,